imagine being in a waiting room. And the waiting rooms always have very uncomfortable chairs. And, and let me just preface the idea of being in a waiting room. And let's say it's not like a 2020 waiting room, but it's like a 1990s waiting room, right? Where you didn't have a cell phone, where you could just like fill the time. Uh, uh, just kind of go back with me if you can, if you have the knowledge base, to know what a waiting room is like without a cell phone, right? Maybe there's a little TV up in the corner, uh, like a big old box TV, right? Because that's the way they used to be. And it's strapped onto a stand, and it's like a soap opera or something you do not care to watch at all, right? And, and then there's magazines over here. They're boring, right? They're not good magazines. Uh, you know, as a kid, I was looking for the highlights, you know. Uh, you got all kinds of different magazines, but you're just like, none of, it, none of them interest you. But you find yourself in a waiting room, and the worst ones don't have background music, right? Like, they don't have speakers pumping something in the air, and it's just like sterile and quiet. You're just sitting there. You feel awkward, and of course, if you're thinking back to 1990s like I am, you're like, why didn't we have phones earlier, right? Why didn't we have the technology that we have? Like, right now, like nowadays, I'm like putting my AirPods in, and I'm watching TV or something, right? Like, we've got it all right there. It's not as bad to wait, but I'm just like, it used to be awful. You'd be at the doctor's office or the dentist's office, or you're getting your tires changed, and you're just there forever. And you're just waiting on something to happen. For others of us, waiting has looked different. For others of us, you know, we, we go from one stage of life to another. You're in middle school and you're waiting for high school, right? And you get to high school and then you're waiting to get your driver's license. You're waiting. You get your driver's license, you're waiting to graduate. <laughs> you graduate, you're waiting to go off to college. You go off to college and you're waiting to graduate from college. Then you're like, oh, I'm ready for everything. And then responsibility just slaps you in the face, right? And then you're waiting for something else, right? You're waiting to get married. You're waiting to have kids. And then after that, what do you really wait for, right? You wait for maybe retirement or, you know, whatever's after that. Like life is just, you're going to constantly find yourself in a waiting season. And there's so many other little waiting seasons in between the ones that I just named off, right? There's so many things that we find ourselves waiting for. We're waiting for that home that we've been saving and saving and saving for, right? Uh, we're waiting to have children. And you keep taking the test and they, don't, they come back negative. And you're waiting. And it just weighs on you. Like it's not easy to go through a waiting season. Why would we be talking about having our best year yet and talk about waiting? <laughs> because here's what I know. This year, no matter who you are, no matter how old or young you are, no matter how much money you make or how many kids you have, you are going to find yourself in a waiting season. You're going to find yourself in a waiting pattern. And sometimes it's quick and easy. Sometimes it weighs on you, right? Sometimes it's just driving you nuts and you just get so miserable. At some point this year, it's going to happen. It might already be happening. You might already, you might have walked into this brand new year, this brand new decade, and it's this continuation of something you've been waiting for. And so I thought, okay, there's a lot of things that I could just you know, serve up to you on a best year yet message. Like, we could go do this, and we could go do that. And last week, we covered a lot of things. We talked about movement, right? We talked about this idea of what our whole church is founded upon, and God tapping into our purpose and our passion and our potential, and seeing some things really change when we just give God the reins and we say, let's go, right? And I believe in that. But there's also like, okay, Maybe we need to have a different perspective this year. And even when times aren't easy, even when we find ourselves in a season of waiting that is just awful, 
my prayer is that we can take these on head first. That they don't have to just be wasted time. They don't just have to be, okay, I'm waiting to get to this or I'm waiting to get to that. But we can see that God can do something in the midst of waiting. And that honestly, here's something I believe. I believe that waiting is a part of God's plan. And we're going to see that today as we read through scripture. Like it's real and it happens, but something magical can happen in the in-between. Something magical can happen in our lives if we just let it. And so today I want to just walk you through some different ideas, some different thoughts on the idea of waiting. And what it can look like. And last week we talked about Moses and a lot of things happening with him. With the burning bush moment where he walks up and the bush is burning and God's talking to him and just delivers his purpose. And then we, we see some things, the passion that Moses had, but he went about it the wrong way. and Just all of this stuff. Like the, the story of Moses is just such a great story in scripture. It covers so much. There's a lot of passages about it. There's a lot of chapters about it. And so you can really dig into and get to know Moses and what he's going through. And so I want to fast forward a little bit past, you know, Know, the burning bush moment, past all of the plagues, past the Red Sea splitting in two, and they're walking on dry ground across to, to the promised land, right? And even past, you know, receiving the Ten Commandments and, you know, people making a, people worshiping an idol and just so much happening. I want to fast forward past those moments and look at a period of time that is called the wandering. Everybody say, the wandering. And the Israelites find themselves in the desert and they're basically wandering. And this period of time lasts a long time. <laughs> I've got a map that we're going to throw up on the screen. It should be there. Yep, there we go. Boom. I want to walk you through this a little bit. You see, they started here. And this isn't just like Moses and a few people. This is like Moses and like millions of people, right? Families. They've got all their stuff, their belongings. And you, you see them get here. They cross uh, right here. And they're just making their way downtown, right? They're, they're moving along. And once they get right here to point 11, something happens here where God's trying to figure out what to do with the Israelites. And I, and I say that, like God kind of has an idea and he knows. He's not just spending time trying to figure out what to do. He's God, right? But th there's something happening here where they've made some decisions. They've messed up a little bit and God's not exactly happy with them. And so he's got these people, these people that he just loves and he adores. Like he cares about his people. Then he's just like, what, what am I going to do here? And he's basically holding off on the promised land, which would be over this way. And you see this little journey right here. You go to 12 and kind of come back around. It's a little loop right there. They spend 39 years traveling that little loop. 39 years. It's a long time. Anybody ever waited for 39 years? Maybe, like me, <laughs> you know, like you've been waiting for, you know, to win that lottery ticket, right? Or, you know, you've been waiting for something like 39 years. It's a long time. And they're just wondering. And God's working through them. And honestly, he's working out a, gener a, a generation of people that have made some mistakes. And he doesn't want them to inherit the promised land. We're going to get into that in a minute. But 39 years to travel just that little bit. And I know it's a map, and so it's kind of hard to tell. But let me just put it into perspective for you. I want to make sure I'm saying this right. From this area here, if you just went straight across, it's 175 miles. Some of you guys went 175 miles in the last three days. 
right? And I know back then they didn't have an automobile. They didn't have a car, right? They didn't just pump the gas and, and get rolling. But they had to walk, and maybe they had some animals that they're carrying a load, or maybe they're riding an animal, whatever, right? But 175 miles. And if you do the math, you can basically walk that amount, like at a pretty good pace, nonstop, in about two and a half days. One hundred and seventy-five miles, they go here for thirty-nine years. Are we all on the same page here? Like that is a long time. Okay, maybe they take it easy, they see the sights, but God is doing something in their lives. And like I said, some of it is a generation that didn't believe in him, that didn't continue to follow him, that just didn't have the right mindset, and he wanted them to die off. And he wanted the next generation to inherit the promised land. But there's something happening in that little circle. I can only imagine if you go back in time and talk to Moses and talk to some of these people. They're just hanging out. <laughs> like, talk about in between, right? Like, at least, at least in a waiting room, like, you're not going to wait too long, right? Like, if you go to the ER and you're in the waiting room, okay, maybe it's a few hours. But at some point, somebody's coming for you, Okay? No matter where you're at in life, like, most of the time you're going to get to that point B scenario. Like, you're going to make it through. But 39 years is a pretty long time. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person, like, I type in the GPS. And my number one goal in life might not always be my family's safety. Right? Uh, my number one goal in life isn't making sure that my gas tank doesn't get to E and get a little crazy. Um, when I type in somewhere, if I'm trying to get a route and get direction somewhere, I'm trying to beat the clock. I don't know about you guys, but like, it says it's going to take 29 minutes. Bet I can't make it in 15. Right? Like, just ask Janae. She gets so mad at me, right? Like, if it says it's going to take three hours, I could, I could trim off an hour, right? Like, it's doable. Okay, I'm a safe driver, guys, and I do care about my family's safety, okay? Um, but let's be honest. Like, I'm sure the majority of us in this room have been in that exact same place where you're at point A, you're about to get to point B, and you're just typing it in, and it's saying, okay, turn left here and go here. Like, you're seeing the clock, and you are going after it, right? But imagine knowing what's coming, knowing that point B and just waiting on it like it's been promised to you it's the promised land and you find yourself in a waiting season maybe you can relate today maybe you've been waiting for a few years maybe you just stepped into this new season and it's already got you biting your nails it's already got you losing sleep and maybe it's not going to last 39 years but it's going to last a while you don't see anything coming to fruition. You don't see an end in sight, and you're just in the middle. Today, I want to challenge you with this. And it's basic. It's not going to blow anybody's mind, but it's a little catchy. It's this. There's wonder. <laughs> Two different words right here. Ready? There's wonder in the wander. Everybody say it with me. There's wonder in the wander. And you got to like really make sure you're saying those because <laughs> it gets kind of confusing, right? But here, here's something that I've seen time and time again. Here's something I've seen in my own life and in other people's lives is that 
we get so caught up in going from here to there that we just hate being stuck in the middle. We hate this middle ground. We hate the time it takes to get all the way over there, right? We hate looking at the GPS and thinking, I'm going to be stuck in the car for the next five hours. And, of course, the infamous, are we there yet, right? I mean, we're just impatient people. It's not something that comes naturally. But can I tell you that if you just press in, if you take a step back and examine what's going on, and if you just look for the right perspective, you can understand and realize that in a season of waiting, you can find wonder in the wander. Okay? Like, we're looking at the map here, and it's like, you know, just a little circle here, 39 years later, and there's, God is doing something in that in-between. God is shaping the people of Israel in a certain way. He's working. He's doing something. And today, something that we just got to step into and embrace is say, okay, you know what? I see the waiting that I have ahead of me. I see the stuff that just doesn't look fun and the things that I've got to wade through. But guess what? God can do something in the middle, from the middle of point A to point B, and something can happen in our life that doesn't have to just be depressing, right? And there's something that can happen in our life that can really be wonderful. But it's not going to happen if, with the wrong attitude. It's not going to happen if we're just like, I'm right? Like, okay, you want that promotion at work, and you've been praying for it, right? And you've been asking God and telling your wife it's coming, and you've been working real hard and putting in the hours, and you've been waiting. But you know what? Like, maybe God has something better. Maybe God's trying to work on you and say, okay, you know what? Like, you're trying to get this new job just to make more money, but I want to show you how to go to work. I want to, I want to take the brain that you have and work on it a little bit, right, and, and, and change your perspective and your mindset that everything doesn't have to happen in an instant. But, like, maybe God wants to take some time in your life in a waiting season, and he's saying, let me work on you a little bit. Like, stop trying to fast forward. Stop trying to take the easy way. Stop trying to skip around and find the wonder in the wander. It's challenging, y'all. This isn't fun. But I truly believe that if you embrace it, something can begin to happen in your life. It's a perspective shift. What I love about our church is that we're all about the in-between. I say it every week. I say it 18 times. We want to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And can I, can I just, like, spoiler alert here for you? Like, we know that we're, God's never done with you. <laughs> like, I know that, right? Like, God's not done with me. God's not done with you. You might feel like he is, but he's not, right? Let's press in and just keep moving. And I don't care how long you've been chasing God, you might, be way, you might be way over here. And you might feel like, oh, I'm done. Like, no, God's got more for you. And you don't stop moving. Like, you never stop moving in your life. There's always going to be the in-between. And honestly, our church can't be our church until all of us jump in and say, I'm going to embrace the waiting season. No matter what I'm waiting for, no matter how frustrating it is, no matter even the low moments where I'm mad at God and I'm like, why? Can I tell you how many times in my life I've been to that place of like, why God? And then I get like further down the road and I'm like, oh man, like he knows what he's doing. 
oh, God, like, why can't, why can't we make this happen? Like, why can't you just fast forward? Like, why can't you get, like, a remote to life, right? You ever seen Click? Come on, Adam Sandler, he's crazy. Click, like, he's just fast forwarding to, like, the good parts of life. But can I tell you that something happens in the not-so-great parts, maybe sometimes the mundane parts, and God does something. Like, God doesn't waste a moment in your life. But we think, oh, I'm, I'm bored. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I'm frustrated. God wants to work in your life. Just let him in. Just say, God, come on. Like, change, show me. Like, prove it to me. Like, challenge God in this. And I guarantee you, you're going to get a little further along and be like, oh, <laughs> like, that's amazing. I'm telling you, it's one of those moments where if you could just, like, step out of your body, you'd be like, why didn't you do this sooner? Like, you'd slap yourself in the face, and you'd be like, come on. Why didn't you just believe in God? There's wonder in the wonder. And can I tell you what? I, I personally think there's one thing to blame with our impatience. You ready? It's not mom and dad. Mom and dad didn't create this mindset in you, right? Uh, it, it, it's not... Your friends, it's not like TV show. Like, here's what I blame. Are you ready for this? This is a theory. I'm working on it. It's the microwave. Some of you are like, this guy is an idiot up here, right? We all use the microwave. It has shifted our thought process on life. And here's why. Because back in the day, and I know when I say back in the day, like, I mean, like, further than when even I was born, right? Uh, back in the day, you had an oven, <laughs> uh, you had a stove, and you cooked. Like, you had to cook, or maybe you'd go buy it somewhere else. Nowadays, the last few decades, you pull something out of the freezer, you unwrap it, you put it on the plate, you come over here to the microwave, you open it up, you push the button, right, because it's fun. You push the button, the door pops open, you put it in there, and you go, beep, 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 and it goes, right, you just watch it spin for a minute. It's magical. Like, you guys take the microwave for granted a little bit, right? Like, you don't understand how much faster you can get food. It's so much easier to prepare a meal. Like, it is awesome. But it's kind of messed up our brains a little bit, because here's what happened, is that I think... Used to, I think people are used to waiting a little bit for stuff and like knowing it's going to take a little bit of time here and a little bit of time here. But then the microwave just came out of nowhere, right? And it changed everyone's life for the better. They got the microwave TV meals. They're popping them in, just pulling the plastic off and just throwing it in there and dinner is done. Nowadays, you just, you know, throw something in there. You don't think about it, right? Because it's just a part of your life. It's every day. But, man, imagine not having a microwave. Or if you've ever been in, like, a season of your life where you didn't have a microwave for a little bit, right? Like, it is hard. <laughs> like, how, how did we survive before this? Like, how did we eat food? The microwave has changed everything. And it's even just sunk into our brains that everything in life now should just be as simple as popping the door open, closing it, and going beep, 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 beep. And waiting 30 seconds, 90 seconds, a couple minutes, and you're good. We want everything so fast. We have a fast-paced culture. It's going quick. Like, it was just before Christmas, like two days ago. It's gone. Everything's going so fast. And we want our waiting season to be just like that. We want to get from point A to point B, and we just want to put it in the microwave, and it's done. And can I tell you, like, I like to throw my Pop-Tarts in the microwave. I don't like the toaster. 
I don't like to heat them up any other way. Like, I like them in, in, the, in, the, just in the microwave because it, it, it makes them soft still, but they're warm, they're gooey, right? It, it works perfect. 30 seconds, I've got it down. Like, I've, I've learned how fast I can get a drink. Like, I, you know, like, put it in 30 seconds, and I'm, like, running over here, and I'm, like, filling up a glass of milk or something. Like, I've learned it. Like, it's easy, and it's so fast. It's convenient. But one time, I tried to throw a turkey in the microwave. Didn't work out so well. Like, frozen butter balls. I didn't really do this, y'all. I'm just messing with you, right? But... <laughs> It takes time. There's a process. Like, we don't just blaze past a frozen turkey. Like, the fastest way you're going to get a turkey is if you go buy it from somebody already cooked. But you get a frozen turkey at the freezer section at Walmart, you've got, you're, you're in for hours, right? There's preparation. you got to preheat the oven. you got to wait for it forever. And then, like, after a long time, boom, you're good. I think about brisket. Who doesn't love a good brisket in here? Right? There's a lot of ways to cook a brisket. But you know what? There's something about a slow, smoked brisket. It'll change your life forever, right? Like, Jesus, I'd say it's a little down, but, like, it's up there. A good brisket is awesome. But guess what? They didn't throw that brisket in the microwave. It takes time. And today, maybe we can begin to embrace the wonder that God wants to just show you and to change your life a little bit. And you've got to say, okay, this isn't a microwave moment, right? This isn't something in my life where I can walk in with the microwave mentality. This is a masterpiece. How about you guys? I take my meat pretty seriously, right? Like when there's a brisket going, you've got to do it just right. The right seasoning, all the right stuff. You're doing steaks, like it's got to be done just right. It takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And it makes me think of this scripture. I preached this so many times. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Everybody say, I'm a masterpiece. It says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love this verse because can I tell you, there's so many people out there that have no idea that God created them as a masterpiece, right? They're still living the life that everybody's kind of fed them and they said, oh, you're this, right? And you're never going to do that, so just do this, right? Like we've got this spoon-fed lifestyle and I'm trying to like wake people up a little bit and say, you're a masterpiece, you don't have to be what everybody said. You don't have to live the life that people have just kind of placed on you or you've just kind of fallen into. God created you specifically to be you. Amen. And you're not Pop-Tarts going in the microwave, right? There's no like fast track order for this thing. It's this ongoing process and God wants to work on your life. But you got to go back here, slap yourself in the face and say, God knows what he's doing. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to wait it out and just experience the wonder in the wonder. Your masterpiece. Start acting like one. Like you are a brisket that's going to be smoked for hours and hours. You're not just something that you just go beep, beep, beep. Like nothing in the microwave tastes as good as something cooked like, you know, 14 hours, 10 hours. Like it, it takes time. But we want it fast. Can I just challenge you today? Can I urge you to just welcome it? Welcome the waiting. Welcome the wondering. And just say, God, work on me. Here's a couple questions to ask yourself today. What can I learn? 
how can I grow from this season? Can you just schedule some time with yourself, like maybe at the end of the week, when you work through the week and maybe on Friday or maybe Saturday or even Thursday, schedule 10 minutes with yourself and just evaluate what happened in the last week. Like, don't just go on living your life. Don't just, you know, I'm going to keep going over here. Like, be strategic. I promise you it's going to change your life. Like, don't go through the week and think, okay, what did God do? What did he want me to learn? Maybe what's something I could be learning right now? What, how, how, how is God trying to stretch me in my life? Here's another question. What am I doing right now that's helping me become who God has called me to be? If your answer is nothing, like, let's find something. We want you to continue to grow. We want you to continue to move. It's a part of it. Here's a good question. You ready for this? How's my attitude? Am I embracing the waiting and the wondering? Or am I fighting it? Am I trying to sidestep it? Am I trying to find the shortcuts? This is a real moment to examine, right? Like this is a real moment to just look at yourself in the mirror and the life that you're living, the things that you think, the, the actions you've lived out. Am I chasing after who God created me to be? How's my attitude? What am I thinking? What's my thought process? It'll change things. Everybody say number two. Rewind to remind. I'm trying to keep these where you can kind of remember them a little bit. Rewind to remind. Now, we wish we had that remote in our life that we could fast forward past some of these really not fun seasons, right? Uh, we wish we had that fast forward button to just get through everything. But if you have cable, if you've got streaming services and you're watching something live, guess what? You don't have the capability to fast forward unless it's pre-recorded. Like, there's no way that you can go further than live. There's no way. But the cool thing is, in pretty much every, every way that you can take in TV, you can always go back. You notice that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you miss something, boom, boom. Click the button. And the nice thing is you're watching something. You can kind of fast forward through the commercials in a, you know, a little bit. Like it's nice to start something 15 minutes late because then it gives you that time that you can fast forward. Like we, this is a no-brainer. And maybe I'm changing your life today and helping you watch TV in a better way. I don't know, right? But you can always press the rewind button and go back and, and, and catch something that you missed. And I want to read this scripture for you. It's the Israelites here. This is in Numbers chapter 14. And Moses is pleading to God, like, don't just, like, don't get rid of him, right? Like, don't just, don't be so mad. Like, he's, he's fighting for him. It says this, in verse 20, it says, Then the Lord said, I will forgive them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have seen all of my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have, who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Like, this is God kind of laying down the hammer a little bit. And like I said, he's mad at them. They've messed up. They've messed up. They've messed up. And honestly, they've left Egypt, right? And that's kind of... All they've ever known because they've been stuck in slavery for hundreds of years. And they get into the wilderness. And let's be honest, like, it's kind of harder to work some of that Egypt out of them because that's all they know. 
That's the life they've been living. That's what they were born into. And so they get out into the wilderness. They're trying to follow God. And they just keep messing up because they don't really know how. And God's saying, you've messed up too many times. Like, I've tried and I've tried. And I promise you, you go read through scripture. This isn't God just like being mean. This isn't God being hateful. Like, it's just time and time again. And he's saying, like, they've seen what I've done. They're not going to inherit this land. You've got to think also, so they've got the excuse of growing up being slaves. They've got the excuse of not really, you know, having a good frame of reference to live their life. But at the same time, here's something that you've got to think about as well. And here's something that God's sticking to and holding on to is that these are the same people that saw the, ten, like the plagues, Right? Like, these are the people that see some crazy stuff go down. Like, not just stuff you watch on TV, but, like, real-life stuff. They've seen a sea split in two, right? These are the same people that have seen food fall from the sky. And they've got something to fill their stomachs with. And God's kind of mad in a rightful way because they have seen the miraculous things of God. They've seen the most incredible things that you could ever imagine. Like this span of time, like God is just like showing them who he is and what he's capable of, right? Like this is what you make a movie about and have Charlton Heston just show everybody what's going on. It's that awesome. But the people that saw all that stuff quickly and easily forget. They're so fast to just go from that stuff to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And God intended for them to inherit the promised land and to just bless them and their families. And now God's having to course correct a little bit. Now God's having to kind of come up with another plan here. When you forget what God has done, you're less likely to see what God will do. And I would challenge you and I would urge you. I would, I would just push you and say, hey, I know this season's hard. I know that waiting isn't easy. I, I know that you're just, you're so, you're so sick of the same old, same old. And you're ready to get all the way over there. You're ready for whatever you want. Like, whatever you're waiting on, right? Like whatever it is, it's worth the wait. And don't try to go about it your own way. Don't try to say, okay, I'm doing this without God, and I'm going to go about it my own way. Remember who he is. Remember what he's done in your life. Remember what he's done in Scripture, and know that he's capable of the same in your lives. Get the remote. Like I said, it's, it's incredible because you can't fast forward to see what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't fast forward to see how everything's going to play out. And if you're going to get the things that you want. And if your marriage is going to ever get better. You're not going to be able to fast forward and see if you're ever going to be making bank down the road, right? You're never going to see how happy you are 20 years from now. You, it just doesn't happen. But can I tell you, you can see what's happened. Some of it's bad, but can I tell you that you can find that silver lining. You can find that glimmer of hope in your story. I guarantee you, for some of you, it might be a little digging, right? For some of you, you got to go back a little bit. And I guarantee you will see the fingerprints of God in your life. And it's the low moments in life. It's when things aren't easy. It's when things are really tough that you've got to remember those moments. And so you don't try to just think, how do I get past this? You don't think, oh, man, I just need to blaze past this and go beep, beep, beep and get where I want to go. You think, I am going to embrace God in this season. I'm going to embrace God's wonders in this season and believe that he can shape my life forever. 
in the worst season of my life. You remember what he's done. You rewind and, man, remember when God blessed our family, when we didn't think we would make it through that tough time? You remember those moments. And I'm praying for moments like that to happen in your life this week. That maybe in a few months you're going to need a moment like that. And if you don't have those moments, can I challenge you to go to Scripture? Because you can really begin to see who God is and what he's capable of and how creative he is. Not just solving things and getting you over there the way you want it to be. But like he knows what he's doing. And when you submit to his plans, when you submit to his ways, he can take you to better places than you thought. He can take your plan and just completely throw it in the trash can. And show you, hey, this is what I was planning for you, right? Like, you didn't know I was working on this, but now you're ready for this. Okay, this is a hard season. This isn't, this isn't exactly fun, but you know what? I'm preparing you for something greater. But you've got to learn that you've got to find the wonder, right? You've got to dig in there. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. But you find the wonder in the wander. And then when you just get to the lowest point in that, right? When you get to the, just the bottom of the barrel and you're almost done with it all. You get that remote out and man, you remember what he's done in your life. You remember what he's done in others' lives. And it will just, it's going to help you. It'll give you hope when you're desperate. It'll, it'll help you walk through that tough season. There's a couple questions I want to ask you this morning. What am I doing to constantly remember who God is? Maybe you're reading through scripture. Maybe you started and you're like reading through this year. Like it's a great place to start because you get to see everything unfold. But can I challenge you that if you're not reading scripture on a daily basis, like on a consistent basis, you've got to. And just start, just read like one chapter. Just read a, a few paragraphs, right? Find a plan. There's so many plans on you version. Just like baby step it, right? And what does that look like? It's, it's the step in the right direction. And it's movement in your life. And I guarantee you, you get a little bit of taste. Like you get like, you know, a Sam's, a Sam's Club sample. You're going to keep coming back for more. And you're going to go buy the big old bag or the big old box in the freezer section, right? Like you are going to just keep going after it. Because when you experience God, it'll change your life forever. Find that wonder. Constantly remember who he is and what he's done. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 says, but watch out. Everybody say watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. Can I challenge you today? Like, show your, show your kids how to follow God. Like, don't highlight the bad times. But, but show them and be real with them and say, hey, like God's provided for us here. Can we, can we train up our children in the next generation to see the goodness of God in our lives? Like, don't hide it from them. Don't say, well, they don't need to know what's going on. Like, let your kids know. Show them how to follow God. Show them how to, how to follow God in tough times of waiting. And it's going to change their life. And it's going to set them up on a trajectory that they don't have to go through the lowest moments, right? Or when they do, they hold on to God. And they don't waver. They don't go try to find the answers on their own. We've got to show them how to follow God. But it's in the tough seasons. It's easy to show our kids, oh, yeah, God's good. 
God did this and God did this. But can we, can we show our children? And can I tell you that in showing your children and showing other people and showing your coworkers what it looks like to follow God, it has this ripple effect to change so many lives and it changes yours from the inside out. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35, it says, He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. Number three, trust is a must. Man, I, I could pretty much finish any message with trust. And I, I go back to that verse in chapter 4, verse 35. He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. There's a lot of things that you can put your trust in. A lot of people, a lot of relationships, a lot of jobs. And you, th you can think you're secure. You can think everything is just solid until it's not. I'm not trying to shake your life up. I'm not trying to make you fearful. I'm not trying to beat you down this morning. But I, I, I truly believe one of the biggest struggles in today's society is trust. Well, we got all kinds of things happening. Have you seen the news? You know, like the president can't get off Twitter, right? And, and you know, you've got all kinds of relationships out there. Like you don't even know what to label people as anymore, right? And, and the world seems so dark and it seems so crazy. And for some of you, you're in the waiting season. You're just waiting for God to come, right? You're waiting for Jesus to ride in. say that God is working. I don't put my trust in this government. I love the red, white, and blue, y'all. But my trust isn't put in this government. I don't put my, my trust in health care. I don't put my trust in a job. I'm careful to put my trust into people in relationships. there's nothing in this world that you can place your trust in and it's safeguarded and it's protected and it's honored like a relationship with God. And I challenge you this morning, maybe you see the waiting. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time. Maybe life has just, it's been one beat down after another. But there's a lot of things you can put your trust in and you think is going to help fix the situation or speed it up. But can I tell you that you should put your trust in God? Because like I said, I wish so many times I would have known then what I know now. I wish so many times. I've been following God for a long time in my life. I grew up in church. I've put my trust in God at a young age. And there's seasons where I went this way and I went this way. But I've been pretty, I've been pretty good on track. And that's not something I brag about. That's something I'm blessed to say. And can I tell you that I've taken steps and I've taken movement in my life and I've chased after him and I've pursued the person he wants me to be. And can I tell you, I'm always thankful that I trusted in him. I think back to months ago. I think back to about a year ago, right? And we were just getting ready. Like, I'm working on a church website. I'm like finding... What's our website going to be, right? Like, what's, what, what's, what are people going to go to online? And I'm like making a Facebook page and creating a logo for our church. Like, I think back to those moments. And I think back to even before that. 
And Janae and I were in this waiting season of knowing that we were just kind of being pulled away from the season that we were in and being youth pastors in an incredible church and serving and loving on teenagers and loving on the local church. And we knew that like something's changing, something's transitioning in our hearts. And I said, we've got to follow God. We've got to trust in him. And it wasn't always easy. And I remember telling her, I said, I'm not, I've always wanted to pastor a church. I remember being in fifth grade. I've, some of you have heard this already. I remember being in fifth grade, and it's the day you dress up like what you want to be when you grow up. And everybody else is like a baseball player or a doctor. And I've got my three-piece suit on, y'all. And I got my hair slicked over. And I knew at that moment, I knew that I wanted to help people move from where they are to where God wanted them to be. But I didn't know I would word it that way. And I had this passion in my heart. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm not that old. I don't have anybody. We don't have any money. How are we going to start a church in Mansfield, Texas? Look at where we're at now. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have no doubt about it. We waited and we waited and we didn't know what option was coming. We didn't know it'd end up like this. And I told Janae, I said, we're not going to send out our resume. I'm not going to go looking on the www dot, right, and trying to find a job and trying to, to, to fast track this waiting season. I said, we are going to wait on God. We're going to put our trust in him. And it's not going to be something I try to shove that puzzle piece into. It's not going to be something that I try to fast track and go beep, beep, beep and make it happen. This is going to be 100% God. And I remember the day, I remember November 6th, I got a phone call for this very opportunity. I remember the waiting. I remember the times where we're looking at each other like, how are we going to keep going? It's hard when your heart is being pulled away from your, your current situation. It's hard when you feel like your ministry assignment or your assignment in life isn't supposed to be where you're at anymore. And we felt that tension. We were like, I don't know about this anymore. What are we supposed to do? And I told her, I said, we're going to just keep doing what we've been doing. We're going to be faithful to God because he's been faithful to us. And we're going to keep going after him. And I tell you, when we got that phone call, it didn't take long for us to realize this was the right thing. We waited months, over a year. If I could just know what, know then what I know now, I'd have no doubt about it. Maybe you're in a waiting season. Maybe you're stuck at a job you hate. job that you have to another job. Maybe you're trying to wait for someone's results to come back and really you can figure out how scared you need to be, how fearful you need to be in the next season. But can I encourage you today? There's no greater thing that you can do in your life than trust in God. There's no greater thing finish with one of the most quoted scriptures of all time. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. My last question for you today is this. I trust God completely. 
Is everything on the table? Is every decision weighed in by prayer and my time with God? Are there any areas of my life that I'm holding back and just not trusting God fully or completely in? to be able to just truly see what God is capable of doing in your life when you're holding back. This morning, my hope and my prayer is that you'll begin to embrace these seasons. And maybe it's not right now. Maybe this is something that you're going to recall six months from now. Maybe this is something that you're going to need in a couple years. Maybe it's something some of you desperately need right now. But if you're going to have the best year of your entire life, no matter what great years or what bad years you've had, no matter what 2019 or 2018 looked like, if you're going to ramp into this year and say, I want the best year yet, you're going to be just taking that rag of life and you're going to squeeze out all of the wonder God has for you. And it's just, it's, it's, it starts with trust. It starts with those moments where you read in Scripture that God can save people out of impossible situations, that He's capable of the miraculous, and that He's so creative, He doesn't have to do things your way. He doesn't have to do things like you would think it would be. He can show you how your plan really should look like. And you get down here, and you're just, you gotta, you know, you're losing a little more hair, you're a little grayer here, and you're gonna realize, I'm glad I trusted in God. Don't ever get down here and say, I wish I would have trusted in God more.